0: There is a um, a story um, called uh, the Emperor's New Clothes. I actually put that online. I wrote a little thing about that. I posted about that about three or four weeks ago. And in this story, um, there were two men that were new to his town, to this emperor's town, and uh, they were men that were practicing deception. They would pose as certain things, and and so when they came into the new towns, new cities, they would try to figure out what they could do to earn money, and so they would deceive people to trick them to believe there were certain things in order to be able to garnish money, a wage. And so when they got there, they found out that the emperor, he wanted, he was like some sort of fashion guy. He was always looking for the latest, greatest look. And he wanted a certain look, and none of his seamstress or, or, or those who were tailors could put something together for him. And so uh, these two men said, we are world-renowned. We are incredible. We can do this for you. Um, we're known for this, and we see a special look for you. Well, this intrigued the emperor and had a meeting with him, and they sat down together, and they agreed to a price, a certain amount of money that these two brothers, they were brothers that were deceptive, um, we're going to make his clothes for that amount. And so he agreed and had them set up and uh, their shop there and gave them all that they would need. And they had, in fact, the looms to put all of the different types of material on. But when they were working, the king, or the emperor rather, and those around noticed that there was nothing on those looms. But the men were working. They were working. Their hands were moving. They were talking to one another. They were cutting fabric, but there was no fabric there. They were just cutting the air, and they were just weaving the air. And nobody dared question them because they were so good at telling the story that they were the best in the whole wide world. Certainly, they know what they're doing, and nobody questioned them. Sooner or later, uh, days had gone by, and they had made these beautiful clothes. Well. They weren't anything at all, but they were telling the emperor, we've made you the most special clothes any kingly person has ever worn before any emperor. And and we've made them for you and here they are. And so they presented these new clothes to the emperor. And in fact, they were nothing. They were nothing but air. And the emperor, again, not wanting to seem foolish or unsophisticated, because he wanted to always make sure that he was, you know, knowing the laser. It reminds me of art. Some people look at art, and they'll see it a certain kind of way, and they'll go, oh, wow, isn't that gorgeous? You're thinking, that's a white canvas with a black dot in the middle. Why would that cost a million bucks, right? Sort of in the eye of the beholder. And so this, this, this emperor kind of was like that. He was so on the edge, you know. This is so edgy. There's nothing there, emperor, but nothing but air. And so he said, let us have a day where I can go and parade my new clothes throughout all of my province. And so they set the day forth and all the people came out and everybody's excited to see the emperor's new clothes. And as he's walking through the town, they notice something definitely special because they'd never seen this before. Definitely unique because they'd never seen this before because the emperor was walking around in his underwear because we all know there was no new clothes. He had been deceived, taken for his money. The men were paid, and they were already long gone. And now he's walking through his city looking like an absolute idiot, nothing but his underwear, his boxers on, walking around town going, look how wonderful and stately and kingly I look. But the people dared not say anything because they trusted the fact that the emperor knew what he was doing so they didn't say a word and they got also they got caught up in the deception maybe it's us who's not seeing it properly maybe we're not quite seeing the art we're not quite seeing the the fabulous thing that's happening that's the new thing right now you know everybody should be happy about it until one child spoke up and said hey man that dude ain't got no clothes on to which everybody said, yes. The eyebrows begin to raise, right? And that day the king understood that he had been swindled. He had been robbed. I'm here to tell you that there's a lot of people, especially in the body of Christ today, that are much like the king. They've been sold a bill of goods to believe a certain kind of way. And it's just not true. The title of my message this morning is Trap of Deception. Amen. Father, we love you and thank you for your presence in this place, O oh God. You are truly worthy, and to you we give all the glory and all the honor. It is an honor and a privilege to speak your words today, Lord God. Anoint me, I pray, that I would be able to speak things that I didn't even study, Father God, and prophesy and declare, Lord God, that your people would be set free, Lord God, that the truth would be shown, Lord God, and light would pierce the darkness, I pray. Your people, Lord God, would be completely set free. And recognize and realize where they're at, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And to that we give you all the glory and all the praise. And the church said a big amen. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Let them know you love them. Hallelujah. So the illusion of the emperor's new clothes depended on what we would describe as self-deception. Self-deception. The emperor... And his people pretended he is wearing clothes because they didn't want to appear foolish. But in the end, they looked like the complete fools and the deception actually spread from there. Because nobody had the guts to stand up and say, this is not right. Something's out of order here. It took a child. And maybe prophetically speaking, this is what I said in my post a few weeks ago, it's going to take a child again. In other words, somebody who's not beholden to anybody else's rules or this young generation. Go, wait a second here. Something's completely wrong and out of order. Amen. Deceived means this it means to cause someone to believe something that is not true. It means to fail to admit to oneself that something is true. And the greatest deception that can be allowed, I think, is self deception because there's nothing higher than that. Once you've deceived yourself to believe something that's untrue, very difficult to back out of it. And some people cling on to it for years and maybe never ever get out of it. I believe that there are a lot of people that are dealing with cognitive dissonance, which basically means this, my wife and I did a study, she did more of a study than I did with Dr. Carolyn Leaf and, and, and what this is, this cogn- cognitive dissonance is this, it is a disconnect to what you believe and how you live. So in other words, you truly believe a certain thing, but your actions and behaviors don't line up to what you actually believe. Your action and behavior does something completely different, which does what? It causes a misalignment within yourself, and it causes a deception to come in, to say, well, maybe I don't fully believe because if I really believed what I think I believe, I'd actually do what I think I believed. And so the behaviors don't line up, therefore the misalignment occurs, and therefore we got a, we got a recipe for deception. And this happened, I'm not going to go into all the story for the sake of time this morning, but this happened in the time of Samuel the prophet. When Samuel the prophet was there, the Bible says that there were judges that were in the land that God allowed. The prophet would be the mouthpiece Peace for God. So what God said to his people, Israel, would come through the prophet. At that time, it was actually Samuel. There was Ezekiel. There was Isaiah. And, and the list goes on. But at that time, it was Samuel. And Samuel, being the prophet of God, would then speak to the judges. And the judges would help to judge between what was right and what was wrong with the peoples and with the nation. Okay? Okay? But the people uh, decided they wanted something else. Now, forgive me if you like this term, but I'm going to use it in a little bit of a negative connotation. And that is that the people became a woke society. And being woke, they wanted to be like the other nations of the world. Sometimes, I believe there is a great awakening that is happening in the earth. I believe there's a great awakening that's coming to all of us. I truly believe that, but I do not think it's going to be the way of Western civilization or Eastern civilization. I believe it's going to be the kingdom of God manifesting in the earth, and God is going to be king and reign as king. Somebody say amen. I truly believe that with all my heart. There is a revival that is coming to planet earth, and God is going to visit this planet like never before. I believe that. But woke culture in those days wanted, in fact, there to be a king like the rest of the world. And God said, wait a second, I'm your king. I want to be king. And I want you to believe my prophets that you may be rewarded and established and prosper. And and, and they didn't want that. They wanted to rule, be ruled by a king like the other nations of the world. So they chose for themselves the most handsome, good looking guy by the name of Saul. The Bible says he was great looking and that he was a head and shoulders taller than the rest. So he looked kingly in their mind. He looked like somebody that would be somebody who could rule over them well. And that's exactly what happened. And they chose Saul. God did not choose Saul, but God allows Saul to be king for a season and even put his anointing on him to be able to bless the people. Now, God's not trying to hurt anybody. He wants to be king, but he said, okay, I'll allow this for a season. But the Bible says that that Saul himself uh, did not obey God. Samuel said, this is what God says. I want you to go. Go to war. Don't take nothing for yourself. Destroy everything. Make it an offering unto God and you come home. They don't get no crop, they don't get no crops, they don't get no they don't get any sheep, they don't get any silver, no gold, all of it belongs to God. Let it go. So God gave them the power to overcome the enemy, their enemies, but Saul gave heed to the people because the people said, Let us take at least the sheep. Let us take at least some gold for our people. Come on, we we're typically we're supposed to take the spoil. And Saul, because he was not really the rightful ruler over Israel, he gave in to that pressure, and he allowed it to happen. And God spoke to Samuel and said, Saul has sinned. The anointing has moved, removed, been removed from him. It's going to be put upon another man, which we know to be David at that time. So David now is anointed to be the king. But for years, Saul would not give up his reign because he was deceived to believe that God still had him in that place and that God had anointed him. Be very careful when you walk in your sin and disobedience with God. If you have that going on in your life, make sure you get that on the blood. Make sure you repent and ask God to forgive you because deception will come to you one day and you'll just think, well, it's no big deal. No lightning bolts came today anyways, so I guess I can continue my sin. But the problem is God will lift himself from you and you won't even know it. I'm going to give you that as a friendly uh, reminder today. So here we have Saul who is deceived to believe by, through a woke system or a woke, woke culture that he's in fact the, the reigning king. But God said, you are not king and the day will come and I will show you that it is the truth. All right. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, please, in verse number 1. Now, the spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits. And doctrines of demons speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Okay? The scripture is warning, uh, is giving us a warning, believers rather, uh, of of how, what's going to happen by living in the end times or the end days. How many believes we're living at least in the foothills of the last days? Okay? And the word says here to be watchful for deceiving spirits. Now hang with me. You may not like this, but there is a devil that's loose and he ain't coming to you with a pitchfork in his hand, red, a red costume, come on y'all, with a dastardly uh, looking uh, turned up mustache and a goatee, no, or horns on his head. The devil, the Bible says, will come as an angel of light to bring deception to deceive God's people. I said, there's a devil loose. Our job is to subjugate and take control of the devil and put our proverbial spiritual foot on his neck and remind him of who our God is and that he reigns and him alone. And the Bible says that the spirit of deception, which is really seduction, same word, would be so pervasive in these last days that it would cause many of God's people to depart from the faith. This is terrible. How can people just walk away from God, yet we see it day in and day out, especially the American church? And I don't believe it's because they didn't know God at one time. Sometimes we give that excuse, well, maybe they never knew him. There are people that genuinely knew God, worshipped our God, spoke in his name, prophesied his name, and are now out there in the world. What happened? There's a devil loose and that devil deception told him it's okay. There's gray areas with God. You can have your one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. But with God, the Bible says you got to choose your way. Life or death. Blessing or cursing. Notice he said they said would depart. They would depart. There would be last days they'd depart from the faith. It didn't say they would depart from religion people will still stay in churches sometimes. People will still name the name of God sometimes. People will still actually love God sometimes but they, but they will not depart from religion but they'll depart from God himself. In other words, from doing his will his way and his word. We need a people in these last days that don't have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. We love to talk about God, but we don't walk with God. We, we, love to, we love to have prayer time with God, but we don't obey this God. There's got to be a people that will stand up and do as God says and then do as God does. Come on. Where are we going to live like we want? That's deception. You don't get to live like you want. I don't. You don't. You know, well, we don't need Christ because, you know, he died once and for all. The whole, the whole world saved anyways. Live however you want to because you know you're already saved. That's called the doctrine of inclusion. It's a lie and a doctrine of demons to keep people in hell. Well, we don't need church because, you know, after all, it's just me and Jesus. We got our own thing going. I got news for you. Unless you're an island unto yourself and the only one on that island, that might be okay. But as long as you live where there's two or more, come on, y'all. You didn't get that. As long as there's two or more together, it's called the church. And the church is the body of Christ. That means the hand meets the arm and the arm meets the shoulder. And the shoulder. It's all of us coming together as one. God intends for us to come together. Well, you know, the Bible's just old-fashioned and irrelevant. That's because you don't want to obey it. It's because you still want to do what you want to do. But when you understand that that Bible may be 2,000 years old plus the Old Testament, which is another 4,000 years old. When you understand it's not there because it's old, it's there because it's true. It's not there because it's something that's ancient. It's there because it survived the test of time and it still speaks to God's people today. I wish somebody would get up and dust off their Bible and begin to read their Bible and do what the Bible says. Come on, the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. It's the B-I-B-L-E. I'm here to tell you that God is God all by himself. He don't need your obedience, and he doesn't need your approval. That's for you. He's the God of the sunrise. He's the God of the sunset. He's the God of today. He'll be the God of tomorrow. Somebody needs to shout and give this God the highest praise. Come on. The Bible warns to not give heed to these deceiving spirits. Giving heed and listening and, well, maybe that's sort of true. So how do these spirits of deception actually operate? They don't operate in the ethereal. They operate through the agency of men and women. It's not like they just come, a devil whispers in your ear. It's somebody who gets in your ear who carries that spirit, and you've got to be leery and weary. You've got to make sure you understand that not everybody's got your back. I'm not saying be um, uh, in a place of paranoia. I'm saying learn to understand that if people are saying something contrary to what God has said, that's not the people you should be hanging out with. And I've seen this over and over, 30 some years, 31 years of ministry, I've seen this over and over and over to where God's people have given in to the pressures of deception because they didn't know how to take authority. The Bible says all authority, all authority has been given unto you, right? So you and I carry that authority. So God gives it to men and to women. And by the way, humans are spirits. So we still work in the spiritual realm. That's how you know that story that becomes more alive to you understand the, the power of the authority that's been given to us and how we operate in the spirit realm. Because we have something called the, the man of, of Gadarenes, the madman of Gadarenes. And what was he? He was a man that was possessed. He wasn't just possessed by one demon, but he had a capacity for over a thousand. The Bible says, it, the, the, they, they, he, Jesus said, who are you? He said, I, I am legion. And so the name was legion, which means a thousand or up to 6,000. So anywhere between 1,000 and 6, demons was in the inside of one man. And that man took dominion and controlled that whole region. How? Through fear. They tried to tie him down with chains. He busts out of the chains. He'd howl in the night. They, they made him, uh, they, chain, they, tried, they chain him, like double, triple chain him probably to keep him down because he'd break the chains and they kept him in the graveyard. He would be howling in the middle of the night and people would be struck with fear, hope he doesn't get loose tonight. That's the power of even one man through spiritual dimensions, how, one's, how a, a spirits can get a hold of somebody and control, manipulate a whole entire region. In Matthew 24, 4, Jesus admonished us and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no Man deceive you. So when he talks about deceiving spirits, it's the deceiving spirits that gets in a man or a, that's universal, but also gets in a woman. And by the way, are you listening to this single ladies today? Don't let no man deceive you. Haven't you been deceived long enough? Don't you have enough respect for yourself to say, maybe I should not shack up with this one. Maybe I should vet this one a little bit longer. Maybe I should bring them to the house of God and maybe to have some of the church mothers look them up and down, make sure they're the right one for me. Because we got some church mamas in here that'll help you out a little bit. Not because they're pious. Amen. Miss Robin will do it for you. Amen. Not because they're pious, because maybe they walked a mile or two and might know a couple things and how things have happened in their life. You don't need a player. You need a prayer. Come on, somebody. Somebody that will be a man of God. Come on. That's all I'll say about that. Hallelujah. Deception will attack you in a place of vulnerability in your life. The more vulnerable you are, the more open you are to lies. You need to keep your armor on at all times. You may think you got yourself covered, but put on the whole armor of God. You may think you can handle the things that you're listening to, but put on the whole armor of God. You may think you can handle the news reports of the day, but put on the whole armor of God. You may think you can consume all that, but you put on the armor of God. Because what is the armor of God? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ is strong in battle. You need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ every single day of your life. When crisis comes, put on Christ. I said, when crisis comes, put on Christ. When calamity comes, Put on Christ. Come on, when when contention comes, put on Christ. Somebody shout, Christ, the hope of glory is in me. Now shout yes, come on. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 24, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. These are the people that are the strongest. These are the people that have been chosen by God to lead God's people. Even the elect can fall. And let me just, I want a little caveat because it's important. We don't throw people away when they fall down in sin. If you've known me long enough, you know I'm not the guy to point at somebody's sin. Matter of fact, I'll do just the opposite. I want to give a hand to help them out. But there's got to be a humility in the person in order for them to get back up. But if they stay in their sin, you can't do anything about it. They've made their choice. But I want to say this, that the elect can fall. And we have to have special grace for those that have fallen. There's a, a young man, and I'll leave his name out for this today. You'll probably know if you know anything about the Christian world. But a, a big-time preacher, young man, that fell in New York City. Of a great name brand that the world, the world knows this name, this name of the church all over the world. I mean, very known. And uh, when I heard about him falling into sin, I didn't get up and shout and go, well, I told you so. I knew that was going to happen. Even if I saw some signs, that doesn't even matter. My heart sank. Number one, for the body of Christ, because that church is going to feel a lot of pain because they trusted their man of God. And not only that, the, the world is going to feel pain because they trusted this man of God. But I also felt much, much not just pain for his wife and his children, but pain for him because obviously this guy loved God with all his heart. And there's something in him so broken that he allowed the spirit of deception to come in and say, well, you can just do this. If you can just do this and get away and you can still preach with anointing on Sunday, you'll know that's okay to do. You cannot play with sin. I like what my brother Jesse DePlantis always said. You got to embarrass sin before sin embarrasses you. Y'all know, who knows Jesse Duplantis? Can't miss him. White hair. He's been here several times. Great man of God. He's a friend. I love him. And he tells a story about how that uh, he was on the plane. And he said, he said, look, I'm not an ugly man. I'm, I'm not an ugly man. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a decent looking guy. And, you know, he said, I might look like a guy like I might have a little money even. He said, you know, he said, so I was sitting down. He said, I was in the front, in the front the plane. He says, and a very attractive woman sat down next to me and, and she immediately started engaging in a conversation with me. And I, I was trying to be nice. Well, how good to see you. He said, I'm just making nice, just chat back and forth. And all of a sudden she said, well, where are you going when you land? He told me, well, I'm going to such and such. She, she goes, well, he says, well, what are you doing t- tonight? He says, well, I'm, I'm I'll, be, I'll be busy tonight. He goes, she goes, well, I tell you what, you're such a nice man. She said, How would you like for us to get together, have a little dinner, and just whatever the night has for us? He he stood up and looked at him, pointed and said, Horah Babylon, Horah Babylon. He said, And the whole plane went, "Ah!" (laughs) He said, You got to learn to embarrass sin before sin embarrasses you. I want to know how the conversation went the rest of the plane, here is what I want to (laughs) know. But I've never forgotten that. I never forgot that. Because I thought, wow, you know, he didn't care about the person's feeling. He, he just knew I cannot allow this to get on me right now. I love that. So we got our work cut out for us because the Bible says if the elect can be deceived, that means everybody can be deceived. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 3 says this, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears according to their own desires. Now watch this, it says they won't endure sound doctrine. didn't say sound doctrine won't endure. It says the people won't endure it. They don't want to put up with it. It doesn't match their narrative. It doesn't allow them to do what they want to do. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, which means they, they want to hear what they want to hear, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They'll go on the Internet. The Bible's trying to tell you something. And they'll look for teachers to give them a pass on their sin. That's why people love me so much. They do. People, they love, they love me. They will. Until I kick over their sacred cow. And then I'm the devil. Isn't that interesting? Right? But they'll, they'll heap up teachers for themselves, people that will itch their ears, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. They'll make up their mind. I ain't going to listen to that preacher no more. I ain't going to turn that stuff on anymore. I'm not going to listen to that Bible anymore and be turned aside to fables. Things are not even real. People will rather listen to things that are not even true as long as it makes them feel good about where they're at in in their life. Now, our church is a long way from some of this, but some of y'all need to hear it anyways. And besides that, I'm here to tell you, there are people in your life that need to hear this. Like and share this message. They're gonna hate me at first, and then they're gonna love me when they get set free. Hallelujah. The question is today, who are you listening to? Who are you giving your ears to on the internet? Who are you seeking out. Uh, what news programs do you listen to? Or do you listen, or do you listen just to, just simply to too much news? Uh, what podcasts are you giving yourself to? Some I get are for entertainment, but remember everything you listen to is an open gate into your spirit and you don't realize it. It's like the, it's, it's like the, um, it is like the tide that comes in. And you notice the tide when it comes in, it takes a little more beach each time and a little more beach. And before too long, the whole beach is underwater. And I remember uh, this just happened at the beginning of this year. A woman had contacted me, somebody from a church in Beloit. And she, uh, I don't know if she goes there anymore or not, but anyway, she contacted me. And she, she was so afraid and so scared. And she says, can I ask you a question? She started telling me, I'm listening to this preacher and this preacher over here and that preacher over there. And, I mean, they're saying that the end is coming and that we had to stock up food in October because this is October of 2020. Maybe some of you heard this. And, and, and because, you know, everything is going to, I mean, the, it's going to be earthquakes and volcano eruptions. And, and it's going to be disarray because the elections and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know. What to, I'm so scared. What do I believe? I said, the first thing you do is quit going on your stupid computer and getting that information. You'll notice how much more peace you got. I'm going to be honest with you, ignorance is, can be bliss sometimes, amen, to that stuff. And get back in your word and prayer and listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And then get a good man of God in your life that you listen to that's strong and solid, that's not a doomsday. We'll tell you what the truth might be. Sometimes it doesn't look so good, but we'll tell you a way out. Remember, everything that everything that God does, there's a condition. Everything He does, He said, "I'll do this if you do that." In other words, God said, "I'll make a way for you. I'll get you out of this. You don't have to live in this." Nineveh, you're going down, but you got to repent. Repentance came. Nineveh didn't go down. Somebody say, amen. "Amen." Sodom and Gomorrah said, "Just find me ten people." He just couldn't find ten people. He should have kept praying. Lord, would you do it for one? And he could have been the one and saved all Sodom and Gomorrah. So in other words, God's looking for a way for rescue. He's looking for a way to redeem you. Amen. But at the same point, we have to recognize that the reason why this woman was so afraid and sometimes you get so fearful is because we're listening to the wrong things. And they're feeding us day in and day out. And we become fearful. I've noticed, thank God in this church, we've not seen a lot of that that I'm aware of. But uh, our church is, a, is a, a multi-ethnic church. I say multi-ethnic and I'm multi-culture because as you know, we have one culture. And that culture is the kingdom of God. We all belong to it. It doesn't matter. There's not one inferior person in this room today. Not one. All of us are the same, one blood, the Bible says. And we have one God. So we're one in the spirit. And this is not normal in the city of Milwaukee what's happening right here. It could happen here and there, but not very often. It's a pretty cool thing. But what the enemy has tried to do so hard this last year, and he's going to keep doing it. This is not over with yet. You mark my words. Not to put fear in you, but to keep your eyes open, is to begin to divide the races. But when you understand there are not all these races. People got We don't have all kinds of races. One race, the human race. Period. End of conversation. We all belong together. It's the way God designed it. It's the way God wants it. Heaven will not have... Heaven will not have a north side. Heaven will not have a south side. Heaven will not have the east side. And heaven won't have the suburbs. Come on, somebody say amen. A West Alice or something, I don't know. <laughs> or Brookfield, right? No, it's everybody can live wherever God chooses for us to live, and it's going to be all together. And let me just tell you something about God. You think you know his color? You don't know his color. I do know one thing. The Bible says there's a rainbow that's behind his throne, representing all the different colors and all the different spectrums. God is not one color. God is God in there. He's a spirit. In other words, He made us out of the well, I don't want to preach all this right now, but let me just do it real quick. He made us out of the dust of the ground, out of the dirt. So quit being so prideful. You came up out of the mud. Come on, somebody. And I noticed when my travel, some mud is red. Some mud is black. Some mud is brown. Some mud is sandy white. And we got some yellow people too. Amen. There's yellow ground. There's mixed ground. You keep digging, the ground changes just a little bit in the same location. So we're made of that, but we're the same people there's a devil loose and that devil wants to keep us separated segregated and apart so we'll fear one another and we'll be at war with one another but I got news for the devil that God has brought us together and whom God has brought together no man can separate So the next time you see someone of authority promise begin to speak about another race, you shut it off. Say, that's the devil. That's a lie. Well, they sound smart. I don't care how smart they are. They're a liar. And church, if we will give heed to the Holy Spirit and follow him, we will not be prone to follow a voice of deception, but instead we'll be led by the spirit of God. And, 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 and I just want to say, there's so much that, that I want to talk about this morning, but let me just say this statement, gullible Christians find it difficult to know what the truth is because they don't spend time with God to know his voice. You cannot be deceived if you spend time with God on a daily basis. But if somebody whispers in your ear about your God, but you don't know him very well, you're going to tend to believe what they've got to say. But when you know this God, that's why I don't back down on what God has said to me or what God has promised to me no matter what it looks like because I know him. If I question him here, I've got to question him all along the way. And I've seen God think things come to pass over and over and over in my life. I'm here to tell you guys, that's the kind of relationship, a day-to-day relationship with God. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes you can't spend hours. Some people can. Wonderful. Some of you cannot. But you can take some time for God, whether in the morning, noon, or night. And say, this is your time. I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to give you my attention. I love you. I'm going to write down what I feel you're saying to me. I'm going to circle the scriptures that I feel they need to apply to my life. And I'm going to put them to practice today in my world. I'm mean, going to memorize that scripture, God. This is what you need to do. And the more you build relationship with the Almighty, the less deception can come. Jesus said this. He said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. There's so much jealousy and competition in the world. That's a spirit. It's a deception to get you to believe that you're not special or unique or that you don't have what it takes. And so you look at somebody else and you see what they have. And the devil comes and whispers to you, deceives you, or a father figure a mother figure told you what you weren't. And that deception got on you. And you see it throughout the scripture. And you see how it, it affected certain men and women of God. Jealousy caused Cain to kill Abel. Saul to chase David. Jacob to break covenant with Esau. Haman to hate Mordecai. Absalom to overthrow his father, King David. Korah to rise up against Moses. What happened to them as a result? Cain was banished and marked Forever. Saul died by his own sword. Jacob was tricked and deceived over and over again. Haman was hung by his own gallows. Absalom was slain in a tree. Korah was swallowed up by the earth. The spirit of jealousy will destroy your life along with pride. Pride says, I don't need anybody. I got this. My opinion is the best opinion. Uh, My way is better than anyone else's, and therefore I don't need yours at all. And then we end up becoming that island unto ourselves. And God cannot move a person like that. God wants people to connect together, and pride will keep us from connecting together. Thank God you came to the house of God. Thank God that you tuned in this morning. Thank God for that. But I'm here to tell you, there's a lot of God's people that are out there as Lone Rangers doing their own thing. And it's nothing but pride. And we need each other. You know what the good test of pride is? Join a local church. Because you'll find out real quick, I'm just another person here. Amen. It's not all about me. The world doesn't revolve around me. Amen. It's me being a part of something that's grander and even better. Hallelujah. Knowing these things will keep you out of the trap of deception. Somebody say amen. Amen.